We want to welcome you to Beyond Sunday. Actually, it's November and the holidays are here and we are really excited to continue kind of our series on staff members. We are so blessed to have incredible staff members and actually long tenured staff members. Uh, the Who we have today is Jeff Mice. Now, when I met Jeff Mice, it was 11 years ago, actually going on 12 years ago. That's crazy, 12 years ago, my first interactions with Jeff Mize was our Christmas celebration that we would do during the Christmas holidays. And I was so nervous because I was a shepherd and a disciple at that time. And I remember my interactions as a child with music ministers. If you didn't do it right, you were in trouble. But one of the things I remember so dearly about Jeff was that he had such a heart for people. Um, that's what I love about Jeff. That's what I love about everything that he does is he has a heart and, and just a, a care for every single person. And so during that Christmas celebration, you could tell that he had the heart of who Christ was. And so it's been an honor to have Jeff lead us in worship, to, to serve alongside us in ministry. We've done mission trips together. It has really just been a joy to have Jeff Mize on staff. And so I'm really excited to introduce Jeff Mize, the great Jeff Mize, <laughs> to the staff, the mysterious Jeff Mize, too, because oh, wow. mm. I always hear everybody question, like, is he that chill in the office? And I'm like, <laughs> even more. And it's awesome. And so we want to get to know Jeff. My, my, my goal for this podcast is I, wanna, I want everybody to know Jeff for who he is and who I get to see him as every day. And, and so <laughs> that's kind of our goal. So, Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. We're so glad to have you. So tell us a, a little bit about where you were before FBC Allen. So where did you come from in ministry and how you ended up at FBC Allen? Okay. All right. Well, gosh, that's a long time ago. <laughs> uh, but uh, I came here from Corsicana. And Corsicana is a county seat town down in Devere County, about an hour south of Dallas. And I had gone there uh, in my seminary days. Uh, nice. And and stay there 15 years. Okay. Uh, God placed me there to, to uh, be a part of that church family's wow. uh, life and ministry. And oh man, it was, it was great experience. I mean, it's a, it's a, like I say, a county seat town, about 20,000 people. It was my wife's hometown. Uh, okay. And uh, all her family was there. And so we had all our kids there. We got married there, had our kids there. Wow. And so, you know, it was my formative years in music ministry, getting my legs under under me as far as like uh, working with choirs and groups and starting an orchestra and doing productions and all those kind of things that I was excited about getting to do. They let me fail and succeed there, you know, in whatever, That's awesome. in, in all those experiences. And so it was just a loving group of people and uh, we hated to to pack up and leave uh, there after 15 years. And, uh, but we, because uh, we have so many great memories, but we felt God's, God's leading us here, so. Uh, 15 years. Yeah. So I didn't realize you were in Corsicana for 15 years. Yeah. That's, so you've had two long term like serving at yeah. a church. And so yeah. you kind of. I'm old, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, you are so young at heart, but. So 15 years and then you're 24 years here mm -hmm. at FBC Allen. You have a lot of wisdom to pass on to other ministers. And, mm. and so, I mean, we're going to talk about that later on the show. But what I want to know is, like, tell us about your childhood. Because one of the things that's special about you that I know is you have a dad that is a pastor. And mm -hmm. you grew up with your father being your pastor and actually yeah. Chad's pastor, right? Yeah, for part of Chad's uh, uh, teenage years. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, my dad was, I, I love my parents, had a great childhood. I mean, man, it was, it, it, it really was kind of like a leave it to beaver childhood. Um, but um, dad and mom were, were uh, just, just loving guide, guide, oh, what am I trying to say? Gave us loving guidance, I guess, yeah. uh, at home. But also, you know, the people that I saw at home were the same people I saw at church. I mean, my dad was my dad at church as well as my pastor. And, uh, and uh, mom served alongside him uh, all those years teaching Sunday school, working with youth, uh, all the different kind of things that uh, a pastor's wife a lot of times would do. She just served joyfully with him. And, uh, and uh, just even, even steady, steady hand, he would guide us through that. You know, my, the church growing up was my, it was really my whole universe. I remember my dad uh, in the fourth grade, when I was in fourth grade, we had to change, I had to change schools because we moved to a different house. My little brother was coming along about that time mm -hmm. and they needed another bedroom. So my dad took me in the middle of November when we made this move, he took me to my new school. And man, oh, I just wow. do not like change at all. <laughs> and so, you know, here I am going into this brand new fourth grade class with Miss Kahootik and in the middle of the morning, you know, kids are already in oh, there doing no. their thing. And so dad brings me in and, uh, and introduces me to Miss Kahootik and she and dad leaves and so Miss Kahootik asked me uh, uh, so Jeff uh, tell us who your dad is and I said well that's brother Jimmy well I heard everybody laughing in the class because brother Jimmy what's that mean well to my in my world that was brother Jimmy was who everybody knew him as yeah. outside of my household you know <laughs> because the church was my life and it was a good kind of it was a good kind of memory with yeah. all of that but my uh, my dad uh, my dad led me to the Lord when I was nine oh, wow. I was sitting at the table one day uh, and I asked him I said hey dad where's that story in the Bible about such and such and uh, I think he'd been sensing in my in my life coming up to that point you know that I was really looking for something more than a Bible story he said why don't you come on back here and we'll talk about it so we went back to his bedroom their bedroom and sat on the bed and he he opened his Bible and he started sharing with me God's plan of salvation from John wow. three sixteen, and and man, I remember my heart feeling that's what I need, that's what I want, you know, and and so as he told me about God's love for me and how much he loved me and how he gave Jesus for me to pay for my sin, oh man, I remember that that was it, that's what I was looking for, wow. and he led me to the Lord right then and. And the next day, as I was leaving uh, for school, my mom, uh, I remember her sitting at the breakfast table on a sunny day, and she was, she said, well, Jeff, she said, this is your very first day to be going to school with Jesus in your heart. How does it feel? And I said, oh, man, it feels so good, you know? And, and uh, later that day, was that night was church. Uh, it was Wednesday night church. And uh, I remember walking down the sidewalk that night, uh, with Jesus in my heart for that, that first day. And I was singing to myself this song that I used to hear sung at church a lot back in those days. I'll tell the world that I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed, his name to bear. Wow. And uh, I was so happy to have Jesus in my heart. And that song um, has been kind of like a touchstone in my life because like, as we all know, I mean, gosh, there's days you just don't really feel like God's presence is, yeah. is there, you know, or you're going through some kind of dark time and, and I would think back and think about the way I felt on that day when I first encountered Jesus in my life and I remember, hey, 
Jesus is the, is the same today yeah. that he was then, and he's still with me. But yeah, they, my, I had a great childhood, and they really nurtured me and, and set me up well to, to live the Christian life, but also to serve in the church. That's awesome. So how did you, like, when you felt called to ministry, you're in music ministry, which you made that decision, like, when did you feel God leading you to make that decision to follow Christ in, in music ministry and, and lead worship? Well, I had, <clears throat> all through the years of being involved in, in Northside Victoria there, uh, I was involved in all the musical things that they did. Yeah. And back in those days, I mean, youth musicals were just coming around, and um, I was in those. I was given opportunities to, to do things uh, in all the different music groups I was in back then. And, and those experiences really connected with me. And, and about the time that, that I was a junior in high school, I really began to feel like that, that God may be wanting me to do what my music yeah. minister was doing okay. with my life. And so uh, I, I prayed about it. I, you know, I remember one day I was telling my mom, I said, Mom, I think that maybe I need to, that God may be wanting me to do this. And I remember her telling me, well, Jeff, you need to pray long and hard about that before <laughs> you do that. And, uh, and I said, I, yeah, I am, you know. And uh, But I remember not too long after that, I mean, I walked down and, and uh, told my dad in, in church service one evening, you know, that I, I really feel called to church music and I want to give my life to do that. And so that kind of set me on that, on that road. Um, about that time, I guess as a junior in high school, there was a guy come to town. He was a new high school student and he played the piano. Oh, wow. And, and uh, this guy had tons of girlfriends, and I thought, well, maybe it's the piano is what's yes. doing it. So I decided as a junior, yes. I need to learn the piano. And uh, That's awesome. Now, I don't know if it did anything for my dating life, but what it did was it, it really set me in a, on a pathway of, of discovering how to use uh, piano skills uh, in what I do. I mean, my, uh, my musical influences back then were like Billy Joel and Elton John and all these keyboard guys, you know? Okay. And so I remember telling my mom and dad one day, I, you know, I, I think I, I need to get a piano. Well, they weren't gonna on a whim buy me a piano. And so I, uh, I got a piece of poster board and I drew a keyboard on it, all the notes <laughs> on there. Awesome. And I started just practicing putting these chords, because I, I, I talked to that really? guy, I talked to that yeah. guy. And, and he was showing me what to do. And so I would like do all these chordal shapes on this poster board. Dad told me, he said, why don't you go up to church? There's pianos in every yeah. Sunday school class. Oh, wow. So I went up there and started practicing. And then all, one thing led to another. And I discovered that that was a way that I could accompany myself. You know, like if I'm singing yeah. a song, I could do it in a key that fit me better, you know. And, and so that became a lifelong love of mine was to be able to, to worship through that I love playing guitar as well, but piano is really where I can. That's incredible. So, you taught yourself how to play the piano, kind of yeah, faking it's what I call faking it. Call it. it. Yeah, well, I don't, man, I'd like, I've never heard a story yeah. of someone getting poster board. That's just really cool. <laughs> but also for parents out there, you you know you, the illest of intentions that we do, like you wanted to play piano to get the girls dates, <laughs> but it turned into something that glorifies God. Absolutely. And yeah. so that that's really cool how God uses that and. You know, we talk about with parents all the time, like, don't ever discourage that. Like, it doesn't matter the motive sometimes because God's yeah. using that. We see that in Scripture all the time. Absolutely. So that's a good yeah. life lesson to do. Yeah. So 
it's kind of funny you said like your mom goes you better pray hard about yeah. ministry it's <laughs> funny how us ministers when kids come up and say we want to get in ministry it's like they they say uh you better you better really pray about that because yeah. it's a tough job yeah it is and uh, you know that, when i talked about how they, they gave us a really positive upbringing okay i mean we when we sat around the dinner table we never heard them talk about somebody at church that just That's beat awesome. them up yeah. or whatever. And in fact, until I got into music, music ministry and into other churches and began to, to be in the field, the ministry, I thought, you mean everybody at church doesn't love each other all the time? <laughs> I mean, I thought, I thought they did. I mean, That's, that's kind of awakening, I up, yeah. you know? And so uh, I think, thankfully, I thank them for protecting me that's from incredible. the reality a lot of that because then when I came to the Lord and then when I came to Him in answering His call in music ministry, I didn't have to, to climb over a whole bunch of baggage that maybe yeah. I had been carrying with me about the church, you know, and so, you know, I had a love for the church and I still do and, and then now as I went back to Dad years later and go, wow, I got this situation, what do I do with this? And he's, then he, you know, he just says, well, you know, what you might try is this or might try is that. And he would just, again, guide me along. He's still doing it today. He's still my my mentor in ministry. And that's so. incredible because my dad was that way. Like once I graduated out of high school and got into ministry, I'd go back to my dad and I'd say, man, I'm dealing with this. And I found out so much that my parents, they did because I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's something that parents need to realize, too, is like, you want the you want the kids to love church. Yes. Yeah. Even if there's something going on. Mm -hmm. I never knew that my dad didn't had an issue with so and so or whatever. Like your dad ran into things. Yeah. But you didn't know that. Right. And and you love the local church. Like mm -hmm. and, and I think a lot of times parents we we kinda tend to like talk in front of our kids because we want them to be adults or whatever. And that really hurts because mm -hmm. they're developing. And yeah. so that's a great trait that your parents did for you. And that, that's really awesome. What is like what is one life lesson in music ministry that you has really stuck with you as you go through ministry? What is something that's really stuck with you in the music ministry? Uh, well, one of the things that my mom always would tell me, you know, when if I was at the dinner table and I was starting to, to rant on somebody, she, I'd hear her voice. Now, Jeff, you know, if you looked hard enough, you could find something good to say about that person, you know. And, she, and I, he, I still hear her say that today. That's incredible. Okay? Um, she's been gone now for 14 years. She's been in heaven that long. And, um, but I still hear that. And it, what, it, what that taught me to do was go out and find what a person can do, you know, because that's, you know, uh, my approach to music ministry has always been try to get as many people involved in making music to God as you can. Some people are extremely talented. Some people mm. aren't vastly talented. Yeah. And so, but everybody has some piece of, of value that you can use in music ministry if you just look hard enough, you know? And so that was a great lesson she taught me. And that's what I love about you is you have such a minister's heart. Like some people get into, especially music ministry, and it, it's, they're very talented. They're very gifted. But one of the things that I want to tell you is you, you said your mom passed away 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. You were a crucial part of ministering to me when my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when my mom passed away, a lot of what you said resonated with me. And that's what I love about, and, and that's what I love. I think our church just loves you so much in that is that you have a minister's heart. 
Mm -hmm. um, it's not just about music. It's about loving other people. And so that's just something that, that I've noticed about you, Jeff, is, is you pour into people um, no matter what that talent level is, no matter what, you're just there. And so I'm thankful for that, and, and I want the people to know that because I, I think a lot of times we think of music ministers as they're Sunday morning mm -hmm. and then they're gone. What are they doing? You know, it's like, what does he do the rest of the week? And you're ministering to people, and you, you minister to me in, in an incredible way. So I want you to know that, but also just, you know, just other people to know that too because it's been incredible. So, all right, now let's, let's fast forward. So you said that Corsicana was Anna's hometown. Mm -hmm. Anna is your wife. So mm -hmm. how did y'all meet? Like, how did oh, that man. come about? Well, from after about three years of, of my being there, um, people started telling me, you know, people always trying to fix up the single guy, you know, and, 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 and I was, I, I was getting <laughs> yes. really tired of that. But, but people, but people, people uh, started saying, you need to meet this, you need to meet this girl. And her name's Anna, Anna Arnold. And I mean, if I had one person tell me that, I had 500 people tell me this. Well, eventually, my pastor, uh, who, was, who was going through a weight loss program at the clinic in town, his doctor, who was the dialysis doctor in town, they were big friends. And they got to talk and they said, you know, Jeff needs to meet my nurse. And uh, so why don't, we, uh, why don't we have a dinner and invite them both over and then they can meet each other. Oh, wow. Well, I got wind that, that they were going to do this. I freaked out. I thought, there's no <laughs> way I want to like, yes, you know, I don't want to do that. So I, so I rode with him one day. I, I was with him over at the clinic, and, uh, and there was a girl standing in the doorway waiting for him to come in, and he goes, well, that's Anna Arnold right there. And I said, oh, wow. So I, so I got to meet her, and oh, wow. she didn't know me from Adam. And so... Right after that, and I heard about this whole arranged thing, I decided, okay, I'm gonna ask her out. So I called her up, asked her out, and we went out, double dated, and I came back that night and sat down inside of my bed and said, that's the girl, that's the that's one amazing. I'm gonna marry. Wow. You know, if, if God is okay with it, you know. <laughs> well, you know, and so little did I know, he had been working a long time that's to incredible. bring us together. But uh, yeah, and, and so uh, we, we dated, Oh gosh, six months and got married ten months, ten weeks after that. Oh wow! Her mother was a great seamstress, and believe it or not, she sewed all the dresses in our in our wedding in ten weeks. In ten weeks? That. Yeah. So she was an amazing wow. lady. Wow, that's but, awesome. So you meet Anna, you're in Corsicana, you get married, things are good. Yeah, man. right. And then yeah. so y'all, you said your whole family was there at Corsicana. So y'all basically, how many kids did y'all have? Like. What did that look uh, three, like? Three children. Yeah, okay. we had Juliana, uh, then Aaron, uh, and then Elizabeth. And they all, I guess the oldest one was probably, Juliana was probably around, ooh, gosh, I, don't, I can't remember if she was six or seven or eight when we moved up here. Probably, yeah, wow. probably like seven, okay. something like that. So I have a special question yep. that Morgan wanted me to ask you. Oh, yeah. okay. So your family, like one of the things we noticed when we came, I was a student minister and I got to, be in the student ministry with Elizabeth. And, and we noticed how close-knit your family was. And mm. that was something that Morgan always said, I hope our family is like the Mises. Like, mm. y'all hang out all the time. What is the secret sauce for the Mises and how close-knit y'all are? Like, she <laughs> wants me to ask that because she knows there's a secret sauce that y'all have not talked about. Oh, what man. is that secret sauce? Well, I, don't, I mean, I don't know that, I don't know that it's a secret sauce. But, I mean, we just always... 
uh, enjoyed our kids. I mean, we tried to, we, we tried to just enjoy them. We, we, we tried to make dinner time a time that was, we were all there. Uh, and when we would talk and when we, yeah. you know, we'd, we'd, it would share crazy stuff, but also try to have some questions every now and then, of, you know, try to get into their head about what, what are they thinking about certain things and that kind of thing. But um, we just loved them. We had, we had opportunities to, to go and do a lot of things as a couple that a lot of times we'll think, well, you know, maybe we should have done more with friends or more with this or that. But, you know, our kids were what we really wanted to spend time with, you know, yeah. and, 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 and so uh, we don't regret that. Um, you know, our kids were all close in age. I think they grew up close because of that mm -hmm. in some ways. Um, and all of our involvement, too, was around what we did at church. Yeah. You know, um, they were getting fed, they were getting in influenced and invested into by their, their leaders here at the church, their teachers, their, you know, their ministers. And, and so, um, and really, for the most part, all their friends were, were in the community of faith yeah. as well, you know, our close friends. And so, um, we're just thankful. We're thankful that they, they turned out well. And they're all, they're all married, so yep. they have spouses. Um, what, like, go through the families? So, uh, Juliana, she uh, is married to Brady. Juliana's a, an RN. Um, uh, they have, uh, Brady's a, a head baseball coach and teacher up at McKinney Christian uh, Academy. Um, they have Annie, who's four. They have Sawyer, who's two, and Hazel, who's about six months old. And they live here in Allen, so we see them quite often. That's awesome. Um, Aaron, our son, uh, is married to Kayla, uh, and Kayla and Aaron met in this church in sixth grade. Wow. Um, Kayla's family's in this church. Parents are still here in this church. In fact, Kayla's mom is is uh, your assistant. My yeah, administrative assistant. That's awesome. And so uh, they met on a crossover trip in sixth grade and have been together ever since. Wow. And, so, uh, um, and then uh, Elizabeth and Forrest. They live in Dallas, they work in Dallas, and have little Jack, and he's one year old. Okay, so little Jack, they all have a name for you. What is your grandpa name? Well, Papa, yeah, Papa's my name. Yeah, Papa's your name. Yeah, yeah, and it was kind of a joke, calling me Big Papa. That was, yeah, yeah that was kind of a joke. But yeah, Papa's, Papa's my name, and oh man, they have my heart, that is for sure. You are a Big Papa, they love you, and man, it, it's, it's cool <laughs> to see some of the videos of like, yeah. You know, Annie sitting next to you watching TV, like you are an incredible grandfather. And oh, so it's man. just it's just neat to see that grandparent interaction <laughs> you have. And, and like I said, there's just there's a love in your family and, and a lot of people see that. And that's another way that you minister is really through that, through oh, your family. Thanks. And well, so the best part, the best part about having grandkids is it allows you to keep being a kid with the things you enjoy doing. Like like uh, there's Pop-Tarts in my house again. Yes. You know? So. In fact, Annie would, Annie would tell me, now, Papa, don't eat them all. You can't eat them all. So Anna had to finally get a box and write on the box, Annie and Sawyer only, you know, so anyway. I have that uh, problem at home, too. Cobb, <laughs> when he, we realize what Cobb does is he takes the food and puts it on his plate. Mm -hmm. Well, he doesn't eat it half the time, and we're like, why is this going on? And he says, because Dad will eat it too fast. And so apparently I eat everything. I eat the Pop-Tarts. I'm a sucker for Pop-Tarts. <laughs> we kind of talked about that Pop-Tart love there. So... All right, so you have your family and, and uh, you know, kind of coming to the end of the podcast. What we want to talk about is you've been in two churches. Uh, so 24 years here, 15 years, that is 
39 years mm -hmm. of ministry mm -hmm. that you've been in, that you've seen. What is it like music ministry? What are the changes you've seen since you started out in music ministry? What are some of the changes that you've seen? Oh, wow. I mean, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's been crazy. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that have stayed the same. I mean, there's still, it's, it's still about the bottom line is you're trying to get people together to sing and play to God, you know, yeah. praise Him. And so that's been the same back then as it is today. But of course, the groupings of people, the types of the formats that are used in, in the leadership of music has, has transitioned through the years. Um, but technically, there's, there's been a lot of massive changes. I mean, like, you know, back in the day, if I needed a flute part to go along with something we were doing and there wasn't a flute part written, I would have to get some manuscript paper and a pencil and, and write out oh, a flute wow. part, you know, or Seriously. write out brass parts or write out whatever by hand. And then if you found out it was you needed it in a different key, you'd go rewrite all that over yeah. again. Um, then came along computers and software and Finale uh, music, uh, music notation software, and now you can go in and, and just do it in a, a matter yeah. of seconds. Uh, but um, all of that kind of thing. Did we Back when uh, I started out and we had practice tapes for the choir or vocal people or whoever to practice with to learn their parts uh, for the music we were doing, well then it became CDs and of course now it's digital, it's all streaming and so you don't even have to deal with all of the tapes and CDs anymore, it's all, it's all online. Buying music, buying print music used to be you order it, you call on the phone, order it, it would come in a week later and you know and now it's just instantaneous yeah. it's dial it up on the on the internet and download what you need instantaneously i mean there's so many things that that today have have sped up what we do um, that it's just been incredible and i think one of the things and, and i want to kind of pick your brain on this is uh, resources come out all the time mm -hmm. with music and and one of the changes that we talk about and we've kind of talked about this of there's a new worship song that comes out almost every Friday. Mm -hmm. And we don't, I feel like with those new songs, we don't have time to really reflect on them. Yeah. And, and you have, and, and I'm sure you get this all the time of people texting you like, hey, let's, let's listen to this song or yeah. let's do this song. It, it just seems like we have so many songs now that it, it's just like, which ones do you sing? Like, how do you sing? You know? Yeah. So with that, like, how do you handle just the amount of resources that get just thrown at you yeah. with music, with styles. And like, hey, Hillsong just came out with a new song. Let's sing it this Sunday. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is, is that people sing it. And the next thing you know, we never sing it again. You know, yeah. and it's like you never have time to re really reflect on it. Like, what is, what is it when you get those? Like, what goes through your process of what songs we do or how we do worship on Sunday mornings and just any time? Yeah. Um, there, there's just certain things that I would look at when, I, when I'm choosing a song for worship. Uh, first of all, is it is it theologically good? That's sound, true. You yeah. know? Um, and are the words are the words the kind of words the lyrics that that are heartfelt? I mean, do they do they move me inside when I hear this song? Not from a a, a superficial emotional level, but do the do the words connect? You know, and then how about if, if the song is not singable by anyone that's not on The Voice yeah. or American Idol, then, <laughs> then I can't 
imagine it being sung by our congregation on a yeah. Sunday morning. And so it, it needs to be singable. And a lot, you know, that's the other thing. A lot of the songs that we sing, that we hear these days, um, they're sung by artists in a range that's good for their voice. And yeah. Their voice is usually twice as high as the average voice. You know, I, I say, exaggerate when I say that. But, but I'm, your, I'm an average vocal range, and so I'll, uh, a lot of these songs, I'll, if it matches all the criteria and it fits the theme of what we're doing for the day, then I, I put it in a key where it's accessible for me. And then if it's accessible <laughs> for me, then it's going to be accessible for 90% of the people yeah. out there yeah. uh, as well. Okay. So, what, uh, what is your favorite worship song since we're on that? Oh, man. Favorite? I, I, ooh. Well, it, it, my favorite worship song would not be a worship song, modern worship song. Okay. Well, I look, it can be a hymn. I mean, every it, every new worship song we do, yeah, is my favorite for that week. You know, I, we, we we learn it, and I'm going, oh man, I love that. You know, we got to do that That's again. Awesome. But um, but my favorite all time favorite song is Graze Up Faithfulness. Okay. And because of what you said a while ago, you said, you know, we sing a song for a week or two, and then we don't sing it again. Or, yeah. You know, songs these days don't seem to have a whole lot of shelf life to them. Yeah. Um, and, and not because they're not great songs, but because there's so much, like you were saying, it's like a fire hydrant coming at you. But Great Is Thy Faithfulness to me has always been a hymn that has spoken to my heart. And because of what it says about living my life, trusting God's faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And you know, the lines that are in there, uh, like pardon for sin and a peace that endures, your own dear presence to cheer and to guide, um, strength for today is what he gives me, and bright hope for tomorrow. I mean, those are the kind of words awesome. that that I don't care where I am in my life, that speaks to my heart. Absolutely. And I want my kids and my family to know that that's the kind of God, you know, that they can walk with, yeah. you know, every day of their life. And so that would probably have to be my all-time favorite song, and it's a hymn. And I've told Anna, one day, my funeral, just have somebody play that, that, that hymn because... You're good to go. Yeah, I mean, it, it says everything that I, that I, believe about God and his faithfulness to me throughout my life. And that's what I love. Like you talk about like singers, like a lot of like, sometimes there's a fine line between performance and worship. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we, we kind of tail that with, especially songs that come out, it's almost like performance and not worship. It's not talking about the mightiness of God. It's not mm -hmm. reflecting. It's just kind of like, you know, and, then, and that's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. I, I don't envy that position yeah. that you're in of like why don't you play this song or yeah. it's like you're a you're an ipod it's like yeah. i want to pull up the the latest greatest song mm -hmm. i was going to ask you your least favorite song but i didn't want to create controversy so yeah. <laughs> i will leave that one to everybody's imagination of what your least favorite worship song is i do know there is one the david crowder one that everybody's always asking can you play can you play jeff and uh, good god almighty Oh, yeah. But yeah. the reason you don't like that is it's kind of funny because my grandmother was the exact same way. So yeah. tell them why that is. Well, if I, I mean, if I were to ever say at home growing up, good God almighty, my mom would have washed my mouth out. Yes. You know? And so, and, it, and it's not intending to be that way in that song yeah. at all. But, I mean, but. It's just funny how that. Just yeah. saying those words, I can't get over <laughs> that phrase, you know, without hearing my mom in my head. So you when know, you, Jeff, you know, when you ask Jeff to play that, what what you need to realize is he has ivory soap taste in his mouth <laughs> from the from what's going on. So it's just funny when you said that, my grandmother, I got 
I got whooped for saying that. <laughs> she did not like I was like, good God almighty. And she's like, Chris Jones, you come over here. And boy, I'd get in so much trouble. So it's just funny. I cringe when I hear that song. But it's a great song. We're not saying it's a bad song. We're just saying it's kind of funny because it's just historical value to yeah, that. Yeah. So what is one of your most embarrassing moments in ministry? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, you can edit this, I guess, if it, you know, if it needs to be. <laughs> We're keeping it in. Um, my most embarrassing moment was back, it was sometime in the 90s, and I tell you, it was the same, it was the same night that OJ made his flea in the Bronco. Okay. Okay. And the reason I remember that is because we were, this Everybody was. Everybody remembers that day. I, yeah, I was at, uh, I, this is while I was at Northside in Corsicana. Okay. And we had Dallas Home come in to do a concert that night at our church for the area was, was going to be coming. And so it fell to me to introduce him and all that kind of thing, get him from the hotel over there and yada, yada, yada. So anyway, man, I'm nervous. I'm like, oh gosh, you know, how do I introduce him? And you know, I'm going through all that and I'm super nervous about it. And so uh, time came, I walk out there and I do the introduction. It goes like I was hoping it would go. I got down, I sat down for the concert, looked down, my fly was open. And I thought, oh my goodness. <laughs> I just did that whole entire intro with an open fly. and. Uh, and then about that same time, uh, Johnny Carson, I was watching him one night on TV, and he came out and did his monologue, and the same thing happened to are him. Are you serious? And I thought, okay, so even, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, even the best out there can have that Can have that moment. So that had to be my most embarrassing. And it was probably his, it was probably Dallas Holmes' most embarrassing moment to have me introduce him that way. But oh, whatever. Anyway. He's like, he's telling, he's on a podcast right now going, I had the great Jeff Mize introduce me. Yeah, right. And, and he's bragging about that right now. <laughs> oh, so man. for everybody, uh, Johnny Carson, I, I think you kind of dated yourself. They're like, who is oh, Johnny yeah, Carson? Yeah, so yeah. Johnny Carson was predating Jay Leno. Yeah. Which in Jay Leno gave it over to Jimmy Fallon. So yeah. you're talking so three the, generations. He's the Jimmy Fallon of, of way back. He's the OG, right? Oh, yeah. He's oh, the OG. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He was the man. Talk show. Yeah. So, all right. So kind of getting close to the end of this, like as, as a church goes, what is your prayer for your kids and grandkids in the future of the church? Like what, you know, you're a family man. We talk about your kids just getting involved in church and they're plugged in heavily and you have grandkids now. Mm -hmm. What what is kind of your as as a minister? What is your prayer for them in the future of the church as we move forward as a church in the post-COVID world and kind of where we are in America? What is your prayer and what is your hope for them? I mean, I would hope that 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 they discover. You know, we talk about sometimes around here. We talk about our shape for ministry. Yeah. I just I hope and pray that each one of them will discover their their shape for ministry. And when we talk about that. Um, we're talking about spiritual gifts that you're given when, when you accept uh, Christ as your Savior, and for your, the heart, the passion that God's given you for certain things, abilities that He's blessed you with, your personality and your life experiences. All mm. those things rolled into one make me and make you unique from everyone else out there. And God's designed us that way so that we can have a specific place in the life of, of His body, the church. Mm. To, to move his kingdom forward. And I would hope that each one of them discovers their shape and, and discovers the joy of service in, in the body of Christ because really without that, I mean, life can be good, but it's not what God intended yeah. it to be. So. That's awesome. What legacy do you hope to leave in, in your ministry? Uh, 
Well, you know, like I, like when we first started talking today, you know, I, I reflected on a song that I go back to that brings me back home mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know. Um, I hope that, that 20 or 30, 40 years from now that, that some of the songs that we've worshiped with here in church would would come to mind for somebody 40 years from now when they're going through the death of a spouse or going through uh, something with their kids or going whatever whatever it may be they can look back and go man that song spoke to me then and it, and it, and it, it reminds me that God loves me today so that's a good word have you always wanted to be a music minister <laughs> no no before before I was 16 um, I got braces in the eighth grade and and when I got braces I thought man this guy has it easy I like this job you know and he lived down the street from me he drove a fancy car and all this kind of stuff a cool car and I thought this is the gig for me I want this gig and so I didn't realize though that you had to be good at school uh, sciences and all that kind of stuff to do that <laughs> that's so, awesome um, but thankfully God didn't didn't leave me there he called me to do what he did so an orthodontist is what orthodontist you man yeah. wow you would have been a good orthodontist yeah now they have assistants that do all the work I know so you know I could I could really go for that there was a gig yeah it's yeah. like man I wish yeah dental hygienist you know yeah. dr. Tony out there like he had <laughs> but um, no it, it's good so Jeff all right one two or three pick a number one two or three. Oh god three three if you were an ice cream flavor what would you be <laughs> uh, I would say vanilla. Vanilla. Yeah, and uh, vanilla is my favorite ice cream flavor. There you go. And whenever mom would ask about making homemade ice cream, I'd say, let's make vanilla. Why? Because I could add chocolate syrup to it or anything else I wanted to nice. add to it. But also because Annie, my granddaughter, her favorite ice cream flavor is, is vanilla. Is vanilla. The rest of them don't have a favorite yet. They're not old enough. But, uh, but I think, yeah, vanilla would be my favorite. So let me, let me ask a question. This is, this is a battle in our house right now. Uh -huh. Grady poses. What is plain ice cream? Plain? Yeah. When you say plain ice cream, what is that? I guess without uh, Oreo cookies in it. It's without... vanilla, right? Yeah. It's vanilla. He says it's not. Oh, he yeah? says it doesn't exist. And I'm like, no, plain, because he's like, what if plain is chocolate? See, that guy needs to be, he needs to be a philosopher. creating yeah. the I'm like, ice cream flavors. That, that's interesting. So, Jeff. I appreciate it. Like, what is something that you want to tell people that just kind of your heart as, as we move in to the new year of 2022, what is something that you just have a heart for people to hear that you want to say? Uh, I mean, just hang on, hang on to, to your faith in God, because I mean, uh, as I look back over, over 50 years now of, of, being a believer and, and having Jesus walking with me every day, I can't imagine uh, what my life would be if I had not uh, mm -hmm. had God guiding me each step along the way. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's where our uh, where our hope is and uh, and uh, our future in heaven. And that's 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 my prayer for for everyone that is in this place that we worship together with is that they they come to know Jesus as their Savior and uh, that they find that hope for the future, not only on this earth, but in eternity forever and ever. And I appreciate you because that, that is your heart in worship. That, that when we worship, you have such a heart to include people, especially in a culture right now, and, and just kind of deviating a little bit, 
in a culture where we pay artists to come up on stage, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we pay guitar players and we want performance. You mm -hmm. have really centered us in, it's, a, it's about God. Mm -hmm. It's about worshiping God. It's, it's, it's about giving God all the glory and including the people, the community, the church to be a part of that. And, and I really love that about you. And, and you've taken hits for that you know, in, in, in life, and, but you've stood strong in it because you, your heart is for God's local church, for God's local community. And, and I appreciate that about you. And I pray that this podcast, people will see that, and, you know, and, and praise God for you. Um, I pray for continued service with you because it has been an absolute joy these 12 years, and I hope it's 20 for me with you and, and, and all you do and your family is such a blessing. And so, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to be here and, and to have this conversation. And we're going to come back in Christmas time with you and Chad and talk about Christmas carols. Oh, and so we're gonna okay. give a little preview of that later on, but what is your favorite Christmas carol? Oh man, uh, probably probably Silent Night. Okay. That's one of my favorites. That's a really good one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and uh, just the story behind it, but also just, I just love the song. I love the hymn. Um, but anyway, it's, yeah. I got a lot of favorites. So we'll, we'll talk song. about that because there is a story behind Silent Night. Mm -hmm. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stories behind music that we'll keep continuing because it's just God has used music in, in an incredible way to bring people together and also just to, to allow it to reflect in our hearts. So thanks so much, Jeff. Cool. Hey, thank you. Beyond Sunday is one of the many online resources that we have available to you from FBC Allen. The heart and desire of our church is that you are connected to the local community. So if you're not connected to a local community, be sure to let us know in the show notes. We would love to connect you to your local church. The local church is the heartbeat of the community. It is a city on a hill. And we truly believe that God's plan is through the local church. We are so honored and thankful that you are a part of this moment of Beyond Sunday. We look forward to the many other ways that we can connect with you throughout the week.